Yeah, it kind of goes everywhere. Okay. Now I'm going to hit live on Instagram. And oh my gosh. Some water. I think we got this. I think we got this. Okay. Okay. Right we are live. And Excellent. if you are watching on YouTube, we'll deal with you in a second. If you're watching on Instagram, hey guys, what's up? You're gonna, it's a little, a little problematic. Um, my, my special guest is down a device. So you'll hear him probably, but you won't see him unless I like do this with my, my phone. And then you might see him depending on how my angles work. Whoa, 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 whoa. This is like on Star Trek when the ship gets attacked. Whoa. Anyway, if you're watching on YouTube, welcome, welcome. And you've already seen the man, my present, my Christmas present to the world. As if I have the, the ability, the right to claim you as a thing I can give away. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. George Eagleson of Niagara College presently, but of, I think, just beer fame. I think we'll just go with just beer fame in general. Is that accurate? Oh, I don't know, man. Just a, just a guy from Scarborough. <laughs> Two guys from Scarborough hanging out. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. Because a lot of people don't know about you and me. And we didn't know about you and me until not that long ago. But there's yeah. a there's a system here. There's a there's a thing we got going on. Hey, Jordan St. John says that you're the world champion beer hugger. I don't know if that means that <laughs> you're a world champion hugger in the beer world or if you hug the beers. I don't know which is which. Uh, yeah. All the above. But uh, I'm a lover, not a hater for sure. But uh, yeah, I love hugging you so much about what we do as brewers. We hug. Yeah, it's a touchy-feely kind of uh, uh, profession. 100%. Uh, it's funny, My I was at physiotherapy tonight, and my physiotherapist was asking what I was doing on the pod tonight. And I said, oh, it's going to be amazing. I got this old friend, he's coming on. And uh, I was trying to think of how to describe you best. And I was like, he's just like the most positive person I know. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, love it. Love it all. Yes, there's so much to celebrate. Yep. Hey, and I think one of your students just jumped in on Instagram. Uh, cool. I try and keep things anonymous, so we'll say Matthew M. That's Matthew M. Yeah. Cool. Anyway, so let's make yeah. this official. This is the deal. It's the Toronto Beer Podcast Christmas Extravaganza, my present to the world, the presents of the most wonderful George Eagleson. We're gonna drink some beers, we're gonna hang out, we're gonna talk, you're gonna hear some crazy stories, at least the ones that I can remember, which definitely isn't all of them. Uh, but first, I'm gonna pull out my beer. Now, George, have you got something uh, special looked at? Well, I have uh, something we just put together. We have a, a porter from the okay. Gulf of 101, so have a local. Want to enjoy nice. that? Nice and, bit uh, of foley. So start with this. It's a good time of year for for porter. Indeed. Well, so now I'm a, I'm touchy about that. It's always a good time of year for porter, if you ask me. You're right. You're totally right. <laughs> yeah, beer fest. Exactly. It's not just the winter thing. Oh, we have a question. I might actually answer here. Uh, uh, lack of devices. That should that should do. Oh, it's Matt from Silversmith. Matt 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 McKean. Matt M. Matt, that's cool, man. That might be too obvious. It's M McKean. 
That's that's more anonymous now. <laughs> Friend of the pod now. He's, he's shouting out. He is shouting out. Um, so that's good. Porter, love it. Love a good Porter. I saw something. I was at the LCBO today. Amazingly, I got there at open. Not only was there not the usual breakfast club of degenerates waiting to get in, fantastic, mm. but I was the only one. I didn't even have to wait in line. It was great. Um, mm. But I saw this. Hey, do you remember this one, George? This is <gasps> this oh. is Bronan from High Road. And I hadn't even remembered this. And, and then there it was at the LCBO. So I thought, you know what? That's perfect. And plus, I mean, come on. That's a pretty wow. beautiful, uh, pretty beautiful label. It's gorgeous. It, it was, uh, I believe it was taken on site at the campus. Uh, really? Is it, a is it a delphinium? No. It looks like a delphinium. Uh, it's been... Um, or or um, Dahlia. Dahlia. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I believe that. So I, I believe it's from the wall right next to the college, to the teaching brewery, huh. um, is the greenhouse, uh, yeah. the NC greenhouse. And uh, there's a wall along the side of sort of the retail, actually it's the back of the washrooms and um, inside. And uh, they would normally um, plant uh, dahlias. And there's a, a very famous dahlia like breeder in Niagara that would supply the college and I, I'm sorry, I don't know, I, I don't know his name, but it was that he was like he specialized in breeding dahlias, hmm. and, and he would supply and and they were so beautiful. They were like Amazons. <laughs> they were like five six feet high. They're like well, I'm used they, to. They look like high. fireworks going off because they have that little, <sighs> and then it's like poof, this big explosion of color at the top. I love beautiful it. Beautiful flowers, yeah. I just anyway, had a minor mental meltdown and I just want to make sure. Yeah. Yeah. One person's watching Toronto beer podcast. It, the thing that's freaky is it opened in my church's account and I got really worried that I might be streaming this out on my church's account, which I have okay. access to, but it's not, it's not, it's, I, Oh, this is, this is, I just need to put this out of my head. It's fine. Yeah, it's on. It's Okay, good. I think I think we're okay. Um, cool. Anyway, so I'm gonna open this because I haven't opened it. Yeah. Um, I remember having this, um, oh, probably at events or something. I, I would guess maybe three years ago, mm -hmm. three four years ago. And of course, the big deal was I think it was the first um, first that I know of anyway, um, uh, like Vermont style made in Ontario that actually used, I think they'd spun up a, a culture from like a, a can of Hetty. Um, it might've been from Escarpment, but I don't think it was. I think it even was before they were putting it out. Um, but so it was like, it was the first kind of real Vermont style um, that I had other yeah. than Hetty. I'd had Hetty at that point, but I, I'd never had one made in Ontario. And of course now, you know, who are you if you haven't uh, cranked out a hazy boy Vermont style, right? Yeah. It's a, kick-ass beer and we who spawned at the brewery at the college was it really yeah kurt oh i'm but kurt kurt curtis bentley was the um former head brewer mm -hmm. brilliant amazing brewer and he went on to muskoka now he's, he's he's in australia right now but he uh yeah he's good friends with rob doyle who's uh, one of the prof instructors at the college and um they worked together. They, they all went to Harriet Watt, 
University in Scotland. And anyway, great, great brewers. So we, we, brewed, we brewed that for a number of years. Like Kurt brewed it. And then when he left to go to Muskoka, I brewed it. I was just there. But we had stu- it was student-made. It's fantastic. Totally student-made. It's great. It's a very good beer. Uh, before I talk about it, and then I'm going to get you to talk about your porter right now. Um, do you remember the 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 animated short, oh. The Biggest Niche? Yeah. <laughs> there you Sorry, are. I didn't realize. Okay. Go. I mean, for a minute, I thought you were just kind of being George because, like, I wasn't looking at the because the picture is really small of me there, so I didn't even notice. <laughs> it's all good. You're there now. We're good now. Um, yeah. Okay. So I mean, for me, off right off the top. I mean, it's jacked with with hops. You probably even know specifically which ones. I mean, I'm gonna say that there's a nice big boost of citrus for sure. Probably mm. citra in there. Uh, what do we got? We got some mosaic up in there, maybe. I guess something uh, kind of berry-like off of it. Uh, they're they're definitely like tropicals in there for sure. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, yeah, it's funny because Vermonts have become so normal now. It's hard to remember how mind-blowing this beer was. (laughs) You know what I mean? The first time we had it. Yeah. It's it's like when you, I get Dale's Pale Ale anytime I go to the Mm. States, if you can get Mm. it fresh. Yeah. And you have that. And then it's like, yeah, I remember having an American Pale Ale and being like, whoa, but it's so easy to forget. So easy. It's it's every it's ubiquitous now and and there are so many awesome versions of it and it's still i, I still i love ipas oh yeah like american west coast but uh yeah there's some there's a lot of good beer out there and we're good good times for craft and for beer and yeah Great and i mean amazing the way that i think almost everybody's at least come through a pretty tough year but I, for a lot of breweries they really carved out a, a space of their own you know and yeah. uh it's impressive the, the resiliency is really fantastic mm-hmm. yeah yeah okay why don't you tell yeah. us a little bit about well, your porter that you got porter. going on okay here's there's the porter right it's over here so i'm just what have you done you mm-hmm. left it over there oh you've got the over on the counter i'm, I'm at the table can yeah. you can't see like you left a glass of beer over there i'm like no you gotta yeah. be drinking that's the whole right thing here yeah, there it is. Erie Brewing Company. Um, yeah, it's it's good pour. This is John, our our, our brewmaster. He, it's his recipe, and uh, it's, it's very simple. Some like brown malt pale. It's classic. It's classic. It's a little sweet, a little malty, a little chocolatey, but uh, and like sessionable, like four and a half um, percent. And uh, no, it's I think it's. It's fun. I like making it. It's it's you know smells great in the mash tun and the wort's lovely and you know, it's a a very good you know uh, interpretation of the or whatever ver- version of it's a nice porter. It's a lovely porter. You use a, an English ale yeast on it. Yeah, yeah. USO four. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Delight. yeah. It's a classic. Very 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 simple. Delicate, softer, like you know, like then a stouts can be a little more bitter, a little slight more bitterness. And yeah, times. I mean, there's that 
I'll tell you like the difference is it comes down to like Patton Malt and like the, the character mm. of the acridness that you get in a stout that you tend not to in a porter. But of course yeah. there are example, counter examples both ways. Mm. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I, I think if you call it a porter, it should tend to the sweeter side as opposed to without being sweet. Like it's still a drag yeah. here, but totally. yeah. yeah well, same finishing range, finishing gravity of like say a stout even. Mm-hmm. 1415. Totally. Yeah. Uh, what would you like to eat with it? That's a question I often deal with is if I'm going to be drinking this, what should I eat while I'm drinking it? I think we go well with a burger, but even like um, stew or um, I don't know, wings and fries. I would have a whip <laughs> if you can. Um, but I, yes, baked, uh, mm, maybe like a baked like a meat pie or a veg pie mm. stout. Like I like cooking with, I like cooking with porters and stouts too. It's, it's really good for, especially winter time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, I don't know. I dig it. It would be like an after, after dinner drink beer or yeah. Burgers and fries would work. Yeah. Anyway. I always, I always tell people with porters and stouts, not to think in, I mean, I know we just said like after dinner would be nice. People always want to go like sweet with it though. They want chocolate or, or you know, mm. mustard or something like that, which works. It totally works. Mm. But what people miss out on is that, yeah, it works really well with, um, with barbecue, anything with smoke. Um, yeah. Porters and stouts tend to work really well together with that. Totally like brisket. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you like- say a burger, if you've got a bit of char on the patty, perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. For me, with this guy, it's funny because, again, thinking in terms of Vermont, it it isn't as, like, juicy or as, uh, you know, kind of danky hop forward as some of them are now, right? Because now it's Mm. like, it's like hop juice, you know, a lot of them. This one still has a nice balance. There's still a bit of sweetness to it. Um, And so it's interesting. I almost want to do something fried, like maybe not fish and chips, maybe something a little bit more elaborate, but like if you had like fried calamari rings mm. instead of doing like Greek style mm. with like a yogurt tzatziki, maybe do it with like yeah. a spicy sweet sauce, like some sort of like a Jamaican like pepper sauce or something yeah. like that. Fish, fish taco, like fried, deep fried fish tacos. I had fish tacos for dinner last night. It was mm. tasty. That would work really well. Yeah. I dig yeah. it. I dig it. Totally. Citrus, mango salad. I don't know. Yeah, All yeah. Kinds of things. Yeah. I always worry because I, I bring up mango salad um, more often than one ought to, I think, on, on the podcast. I frequently mm-hmm. will say, this would be really good with the mango salad. <laughs> Why not? But it is. It is good. Yeah, totally. Totally. Okay. Like that. Okay. So that's that's the business done. Mm. So we can just hang out. We've done our job. Cool. But cool. so okay. so you are teaching at Niagara College. You just finished a mountain of marking. Mm-hmm. How's uh, teaching uh, the, 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 the next generation in, in a formal way? Um, it's incredible. I, uh, every, every class blows my mind and, and they're challenging and stimulating and uh, just the ideas that they, they, I love, you know, that they bring us to, to, to look at it, dress and, um, it's fun. It's fit. Like it's, it's like a shop, right? It's like a, it's a working brewery that we 
we're like an organism, like every brewery is an organism. We just, everybody working together and uh, it's, it's fun like to have like different scales on the same site running <clears throat> simultaneously. You know, we have one larger system and then we have four smaller ones. So to have that kind of dynamic going on and yeah, it's anyway, it's, it's amazing. And they're, yeah, the new class is great. They're uh, very cohesive and uh, I love, you know, you see how they work. They're all, they're, every class is different. Dynamics are different, um, but they all work, they all work together in different ways. And uh, I love even like, at least we have classes and I look forward to the time that we can have more open classes in the campus and you know because <laughs> it was it's a little it's different now because like um classes like are like a bubble right. and and it's and they're it, it's it's amazing seeing them get to know each other and work together safely and um yeah they're all unique different personalities and they bring you know I love the age range. Like we, a lot of us are like post grad di diploma degrees, or, or people have come, you know, after their life uh, work profession or whatever. A lot of second careers. Excuse me. Yeah, it's. I like the diversity, and we, and we have a a healthy level of um, students from abroad, which is a which is awesome and brings so much to the class, the program, the college, you know what I mean? That there's, there's good diversity and I would always want to see more, to be honest. And we need to, you know, that's something we can talk about. And I think we're, we're I think we're doing good work, but we can always do better. Totally. And, and uh, yeah, we've we, we got a mix we have uh, from all, almost all like a lot of continents and uh yeah yeah i don't I, I don't know the the cohort obviously at all um but you know i i follow uh the college and obviously yourself uh and john on on social media and um, yeah. uh, pardon me and victor of course too victor nor yeah um so i do see uh you know pictures of the classes and stuff that they're up to. And I would say, I mean, the, the reality of course is this is an incredibly white male, predominantly straight industry, but I don't yeah. think the college is, is more <laughs> white, straight male uh, than the industry. And in fact, I'd say it's probably more diverse than the average, which is. Yeah, definitely. I would say so. And, and, you know, I think there's wanting to see more diversity in the program. Like I've, and we can always, we, every term we can improve. And, uh, but, um, you know, the, uh, the industry is still very white and male and um, we should be more forward ahead by now. But I've, in the last few years, I've, I see changes and I see more visibility. I don't like, you know, if you look at the numbers of, Brewers, how many brewers are there in the province? I can't, I can't imagine. Like, how many breweries are there in the province? Uh, there's probably you've got to be talking uh -huh. thousands or into the thousand. You know what I mean? Really? Are we that high for brewers? I think we're at oh, brewers. Yes, brewers. brewers for sure. But brewer, like, how many brewers do we have now? Yeah, I would say thousands. I think you're right. Yeah, totally. Uh, 
Um, so what, yeah, what percentage are, are women? Not uh, probably very, I don't know. Are we, is it, are we at 30%? We're definitely not 50%, but are we at 30%? I'm not sure. I like, no, I don't, no. I don't, I don't think so. I, I, it's getting better. We have, we've had classes, you know, I've had some classes, like I've been there three and a half years, had some classes, very few, like maybe one with all, all male. And then we've had some that have, we had a class that was half and it was the best. Wow. I should say, no, I should say it was the best because they're all my favorite classes that I love. Children here, you know? <laughs> it's just, the dynamic, I bring that up again. It's just, the, ah, it was so, it was awesome. And uh, they were a great class. Now, Jordan, pardon me. <clears throat> Sorry, I choked on my own spit there. <clears throat> that happens as you get older, I'm told. Um, <clears throat> Jordan St. John says, uh, 4,600 industry. I think what he's saying is that would be the, the rough brewer count. Really? Is that where we're at in, in, the, in Ontario? That's believable. <laughs> when you consider that you got to factor in that well, big breweries have dozens of their own, well, I think that's well, probably a safe bet. Sorry, 4,600 4, brewers? Yeah, I think he's talking about individuals who are participating. Oh, industry. Like, so that that's sales, that's staff, that's everybody. That's anybody okay. who works at a brewery. There's about 4,600 people. Wow. Well, yeah. I would think like in larger regionals, there'd be a, you know, I don't know. That's the whole brewery, including big, like every brewery, like macro to micro. Yeah, that's, that's brewing. And I'm assuming he's talking provincially, but that might be federally. But the thing is, Ontario yeah. represents such a Ontario, big chunk of that. Yeah. Yeah. He represents such a big chunk of that pie anyway. He says he has yeah. no idea how many percents female. So I would, I, I would be surprised well, when you do that number, because a lot of breweries do have um, female staff in different capacities. Um, yeah. So I bet it's closer lab. to parity. Yeah, lab, event staff, lab managers, front of house, stuff like that. If but, you look at, I'd be curious, if you looked at lab managers across the province, I would bet 80%, 89% are women. Really, eh? Yeah. That's cool. I, 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 I'm throwing that out, but it from people I know and people who run micro. Anecdotally? Anecdotally, yeah, that, I should say that. But I, I would not be surprised. Some of the greatest, I'm not, I'm not the strongest science guy. Like I'm hands-on. I'm not bullshitting anyone. But um, I've worked under some great lab managers and that have given me training and they've all, they've all been women. Yeah. Jordan says that most of the good ones are women. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like just, and I, like that's is that it's not that sexist. It's just it's it's just experiencing people I've met in my time. Yeah. And, uh, now speaking of your time, great mentors. Sorry, yeah. Niagara College doesn't just hire any old Joe. You will note that I am not employed by Niagara College. Um, how did you get here? I know, I don't know all of how you got here, but I know roughly how you got here. Uh, uh, so what's the last, what have you been doing this for? 20, 30, or 20 years? I think almost 30. I'm coming into the 30th. I didn't want to say 30 and have you get offended. <laughs> no, I'm 30. It's, it's 30. Yeah, no, it's, it's all good. I've, I've just been, and there were gaps in between where I did all kinds of things. I delivered bread. I tended vineyards orchards whatever you know yeah. did all kinds of cool stuff so but over 30 years i've been brewing and worked at a bunch of breweries let me see mm -hmm. how many of them i can name okay wellington yeah f and m mm -hmm. 
Uh, Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. Did you do a turn at Mill Street? Um, I wasn't on staff, but I uh, I brewed Mill Street because we I worked at Cool. Oh, so cool. we brewed yeah. we, we brewed the first waves of Mill Street. What do we do? We do the I think we we did the organic lager, hmm. and we did. Um, I think we did stock ale. We did two or three I brands. Stock ale. Mm, that was such a they good don't beer. Don't make that eh? anymore, do they? I liked that no. beer a lot. <laughs> totally, totally. Um, what was the other? I think we made it as well. Perry Mason, guy up near. Um, uh, God, what's the Hart Brothers? He uh, he made beer. He made an IPA. I can't remember the name. Jordan. Jordan Windows. Jordan online. See, Jordan, okay, what's, so Jordan, we should just get Jordan on the Zoom call. Jordan is, yeah. uh, oh, Jordan says that you can get stock ale at the distillery retail. Hey, Jordan, uh, George wants to know, what was, who was it? I've lost, I've completely lost the plot oh, here. Not the Sergeant Recruiter, uh, Sergeant Recruiter, no, the, uh, oh my God, Perry Mason. He Perry, had that IPA. IPA. What was the IPA? Yeah, Jordan, and Moose calling. Mason, IPA. What are we talking about? <laughs> I can't think of the name now, man. It'll come to me. It'll come to me. But um, oh my god, it was so good. We came in like a stubby. Oh, are you, you're not thinking Sergeant Major IPA? Sergeant yes, Major, that's what yes. Jordan just said. That was um, uh, yeah, yeah. What was the name of the, the brewery? That was from uh, Scotch Irish. Scotch Irish, thank you. Scotch and Irish. It, yeah, oh, yeah, man. Grace, yeah. I wanted those guys that bricks of mortar. I was such a fan. That's such, that was delicious. Sergeant beer. Major was maybe the first new world, like modern. It, I realize it wasn't strictly speaking a West Coast IPA. It was still quite British, and but like it had yeah. the, the that hot profile was new oh. world. And oh, uh, yeah, so the stubby good. bottle. Oh. And oh man, that was so beer. Yeah. <laughs> That was a good one. Um, okay, so I'm out of places where I, I think I know you worked. Oh my God. Anyone else you want to name it? drop? Uh, I worked at Upper Canada. You worked at Upper Canada? Like, yeah, for eight years? Pre or post buyout? Oh, seven years. What, sorry, what was that? Pre or post buyout? Um, uh, well, they, they flipped like. I was there, like, Siemens bought them in January 98, so I was there until it closed, but I was there, uh, I think, in 91, I started. Okay. Yeah, so I got to brew, work in the old system. I was going to say, paid. in the Toronto brewery then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, there was the, there were two two brew houses there. There, there was a 60 heck, the original one, and uh, then they, they put in, like, a... 120 but actually they could take it to 160 and it was like a hodge it was like parts of the old brew house like all the equipment i think the kettle whirlpool where the kettles and whirlpools and the mash tun became the hot work holding tank and then they bought a brand new excuse me uh steinecker real famous german brew house engineer fabricator a kettle from them and a, and a mash tun from them and then a briggs briggs is a famous british engineering firm brewing engineering firm and so they and all the big breweries would get briggs they're beautiful and so we had a we had a briggs uh lauder ton and it was on 
one, two, three, four, four to five. There was like a little deck where the top of the mill was. So four levels, four to five levels. And, um, but pretty much manual, which like for that size system and also be as a brewer, you were responsible for getting the wort right to the tanks. So the cellar, we had like um, 10 brewers and like we had, um, you know, initially it was like just two on staff plus a floater, like a supervisor. So there'd be one person in the brewers, one person doing cellar or filtration. And then, uh, and then as we got busier, we went to the new brew house. We had three people on sort of like a floater shift supervisor. And, uh, but it was a lot of, it was a lot of work, but it was a lot of fun. It was like, we're, we're doing like for a pretty, for a manual system, we're running, we got down to three and a half hour centers. That's like, wow. Between, between brews, like for a manual system. That's fast. And and with like four decks, well, pretty well, like five decks. So it was like multi-story brew house. Um, it was uh, it was fun. I lo- I love that time. That's amazing. A lot of great people. In case anybody who's watching or listening, three and a half hours from start points. So the way that a brew cycle works is you've got water heating, and then you mash in, and then that's got to sit. But once you've louder that out, and it's in the kettle, you can mash in again. And it's the time it takes you from when you start the first one to you start the second one. That's what what George is talking about here. Like four is still a four hours is a fast turnaround as you say on a fully automated system a lot easier but when you got some guy who's got to get in there with a shovel and literally shovel out the mash time well we 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 had auto out but 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 you're running not just one brew you're running at any one time like except like at the very start like you would start at 10 o'clock sunday night and then we'd run continuous through to friday night and so but you'd be like you know you're on a Sunday, it would be a nice start because you're just starting one brew, then you're starting another. But when you come into later shifts, you're running three brews at the same time. Yeah. So it's like they're all at different stages. So you're monitoring your mash. mash you can be mashing in and finishing your lottering and starting a cooling out of your whirlpools. Like, because we had two. So generally, you were always running three different brews at different stages simultaneously that's just that's how it works and it's just it wasn't any and being a manual brew house it was a lot of up and down up and up and down and yeah you know i yeah it was good exercise days yeah we it was awesome like it was it was a it was a great i learned so much there and it was so much fun and yeah we made some good beers and what was your first job in in brewing like on staff, uh, a brew pub in in Hackney, London. Really? I, I lived in England for five years, almost five years. When would that have been, roughly? Uh, eighty six to ninety ninety one. So it was in England from eighty six. I think I was in BC out west in eighty five. Eighty six. I was in England. So four years. Um, so yeah, it, yeah. It was amazing. I learned a lot and it was fun. Learned tons about beer, like cask. I, I got, I was not a, uh, like a full-time brewer. I was a, a trainee brewer. Right. And I was there. 
So I did like, you know, I did, I did brews, but like under supervision and uh, like cleaning tanks. I was going to say a lot of cellar yeah. work and a lot of cellar work. And, and we, um, there were 10 sites, like 10 pubs across London. That's funny. Jordan asked, was it a Fox and Fiddle chain pub? It was a, a Firkin chain. Yeah. It was Firkin chain. Yeah. yeah it was the F- Falcon and Firkin, which is in um, Hackney, um, East London, sort of uh, right by Victoria Park. It's a, <clears throat> a beautiful park, hmm. sort of uh, long and runs from uh, Mare Street, uh, which is just just outside of the city of London. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's a beautiful park and lovely Victorian pub, probably from the mid 19th century i guess wow and a nice little beer garden and um yeah like a building attached to it where we had uh i don't recall the scale but it might have been 400 gallons something like that that makes sense 400 gallons yeah so that's like yeah there was like 1.5 heck no, 3.7, liters are one gallon. So 500, so maybe a thousand gallons. Well, like 10 to 15 hex. Like honestly, it seems like so long ago, I don't remember how big it was, but it was somewhere between 10 to 15 hex, I believe. Were they open or closed fermenters? Open. And they, oh my God, it was so sketchy. They had, uh, the beers were good. It was like Peter Austin was a consultant for the, there were a bunch really? of Peter Austin yeah. brew houses as part of the chain. And um, <clears throat> I got the, the coolest part of the job was on Wednesdays. I was like sort of the assistant brewer to everybody, but we had, so our brewery was the manufact like a manufacturing brewery because there were three sites that didn't have uh, any brewing or fermentation facilities. So we would, you know, we would supply them with beers. And, and so the rest of them, the other six had some were extract, some were full mash. Like they were all kind of hodgepodge of, of, of uh, brew house designs. And they were interesting. And then they were all over London. And uh, so on, on uh, Wednesday mornings, I would drive the van up to Bedford just north of London, Bedfordshire, Charles yeah. Wells, Charles Wellsbury. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And so I take these like, I don't know, what were they? 25 liter. They're like these white sort of demi white jugs, white plastic. And I would, you know, pre-sterilize them at the brewery and then go up there and pick up yeast. Yeah. And I'd have like it was amazing. Like I maybe like I don't know, 20 to 30. I can't remember the numbers, but it's 20 to 30. I'd fill them up and I'd be there like just before eight o'clock. And I'd have to wait for a little while because there'd be the settlement and the tanks were so big. They were like Sleeman's big. Right. Like like 1,000, 2,000 hectoliters or whatever. A lot, like 12, yeah, big, big scale. Anyway, beautiful, clean, like the cones were taller than I was at the bottom of the tanks. And, yeah, yeah. and it was, I forget when it was built, like probably like turn of the century, like 19th century. Um, the cool thing was they had a cafeteria on site. 
and it was like built in the forties or fifties. And I could go in for like two pounds and I get like a full on English breakfast, like fried tomato, like bacon, sausage, mushrooms. It was just like, for for like, it was nothing. It was like two pounds or something. And it was like so good. Anyway, that was, I look forward to those. And then I tour around London. It'd take all day. It would be like a 12 hour day because I drive in traffic in London. This was pretty nuts. But uh, it was fun because you got to, got to check out the systems and pitch. So I'd be getting to some of the brew, brew, uh, brewing sites that would um, they've already done their brew. So I would I would pitch the last say few few uh, brew houses or brew, you know breweries I'd throw in the east. And so that was kind of cool. They're all kind of different. They're like Grundy tanks and like small setups, like ten hectoliter kind of systems. Yeah, yeah. Jordan's uh, mentioned that uh, Boke and Bailey write about them, and he's given a link. I can't; it's on my phone, so I can't send it through. But I'll probably attach it to the uh, the, the the video and stuff. But uh, it's brewhistory.com. They have a wiki, and and the Falcon and Firkin has its own entry. So you can, really, yeah, you could you could uh, revisit uh, revisit your past. Crazy. Be like when you um, go back to your old school, which is an interesting transition. <laughs> so yeah nothing to do about beer but it would have been probably three or so years ago uh george you and i were at some event not an uncommon thing for us to be drinking buddies at, a, at an event we had sam's we had sam's was that what it was yeah what's well, uh sawdust sawdust city yeah it was at, at funk fest right that is exactly yeah. where it happened. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. exactly where it happened. And so one of the things that happens to me uh, sometimes is in a group setting, somebody will bring up something about school and they'll be like, oh, I remember when I was, uh, when I was a little kid at school and, and it will be something like, oh, and I was always afraid because if I didn't get at least a 70% on my test, I, 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 you know, I, I couldn't watch my Saturday cartoon or some, something like that. And, and to me, like, I understand what's happening here. But for me, I went to an alternative hippie school where we didn't get marks. We got anecdotal report cards that would be like, oh, I really enjoyed Chris's project on the Red Fox, blah, blah, blah. Like, no marks. Because my school had a non-competitive constitution and marking is competitive by nature because Timmy got a 70, but you know, Danny got a 72, so Danny's better. So we had no marks. So I suspect it was a conversation like that. And I made some passing remark about the fact that, oh yeah, I didn't get marked because I went to a crazy hippie public school. And and George said, which one? And I said, Oh, it's a school in Scarborough called Scarborough Village. And do you want to jump in and explain what your relationship with Scarborough Village was? <laughs> Well, um, I was, I love Scarborough, Scarborough Village. I was, uh, I worked there as a, first as a teacher's aide and through a co-op program for a couple of years, or I thought it was two years, a year and a half. And then, yeah, and then whatever, worked in the daycare, which is NIAD, not your average daycare. The coolest daycare in the world. Oh, God, so cool. And just the teachers were amazing. Yeah, so I, lo- I loved it. I was very much part of the community. And I learned so much. The, the people one were... blonde-haired young fellow <laughs> who had a different last name back then. Yes. Used to literally rock me to sleep in his arms. And I was yes. like a little two, three-year-old crying little kid. And George... Oh 
worked at my daycare. <laughs> yes. It's it, been it 35 years later or something like that. There we are sitting in the parking lot at Sawdust City and we realize, oh no, we, we've known each other for quite a long time. Yeah, it was insane. I was just like flashbacks, like left, right and center. Oh God, great times. I, re I remember, I'm just trying to look and see. Yeah, I'll probably tell the story, whatever, I don't care. Uh, I mean, obviously we were at Funk Fest, we were both drunk. But I was yeah. also at least moderately high. And I remembered, I kept thinking, I think I might be tripping right now. I don't <laughs> think that, this, like, that can't be right. That can't be right. So much so that before I reached back out to you days later to make sure that that, that had actually happened, I mentioned yep. it to my sister. I said, I had Sarah. a very, yeah, ex yeah exactly. <laughs> How's Sarah doing? <laughs> oh, she's great. She lives in Regina, three kids. One of them, two of them are university age. Other one's in high school. Married what? to a pastor named Dave. Right on. Yeah, good. They got a puppy. It's great. Yeah. Um, cool. I said to her, I said, I had this strange conversation and I, I, I'm not entirely sure if it happened or not. And she kind of like rolled her eyes. Around. And I said, yeah. And do you remember a guy who worked at NIAD called George? And she was like, oh yeah, totally. Like he was a bit of a weirder dude and longish kind of hippie kind of dude. I said, yeah, that's the guy, that's him. And she said, oh yeah, 100%, he, he worked at NIAD. And I was like, I genuinely thought that maybe I'd fever dreamed that somehow. But yeah, no, that's that's amazing. Wait, wait I look, I was your nanny too. Do you remember? Yeah, I was you, would, you would like uh, babysit and stuff, right? For two years, I was your nanny, like in the summers. We would go to the li library every day, like in the summer, and we would. It was awesome. We had a good, we had a great time, man. I oh, like yeah. reading stories to you, and we were just we'd go to the park, we go to the playground, you know. I'm just trying to figure out. I don't know how to tastefully ask this. How like how old would you have been at that point? I would have been like two, three, four, somewhere in that range. Uh, yeah, it would have been. Yeah, totally. You were, you were, you were two when I first met you. I would think. Yeah, because like I was, I was at night in 1982. Yeah, I'm October uh, seven, 1980. So, mm. and the thing was, my mom was a teacher. She taught at a at a school um, uh, in, around Young and uh, Shepherd, but because she was a teacher and she was a single mother. Um, Nyad let me in even though I was too young like I, mm. I was I was I think eight months too young to to actually be going to that daycare really they let, yeah they let me in because my mom needed a spot for me to go cool. she was awesome she was oh my god good times I remember the conversations Shit. uh oh man she and might I, actually be the person on YouTube watching right now really well, oh my god you yeah so sometimes oh. my mom tunes in, so yeah. Oh my God. So yeah. she okay. taught kindergarten until, oh gosh, the late eighties, like 87, 88, started going to seminary and got ordained as a minister. But her shtick as a minister was doing counseling with people who had like abuse and stuff in their backgrounds and working mm. with them. And, uh, and so, and then she retired from that. She uh, remarried uh, to my stepfather. They were married for, oh, I should really know this off the top of my head, 15 years or so. He passed away, but he was, he was in his 80s when he passed away. 
And mm. uh, then, yeah, a couple of years ago, she moved out. Uh, my sister and brother-in-law moved to Saskatchewan because my brother-in-law had gotten a, a job there. And uh, she moved out there as well and is, wow. yes, she comes back. Wow. Uh, well, I mean, COVID notwithstanding, comes back to Toronto sort of twice a year now um, mm. to hang out. But, uh, but yeah, it's crazy, eh? <laughs> wow. And then I told them the story about how I couldn't figure out whether or not I'd actually heard this from you. And that all made tons of sense to them. And they thought that was just very charming. So <laughs> now I have a problem. I need to re-beer. Mm. I don't know where you're at. Sure. But uh, yeah, I'm the same. I might go. What do you got? I've got a barley wine, but I think I want to go IPA before the barley wine. I need to decide which what do you have? IPA I want. Oh, wait, I've grabbed the wrong oh, beer here. Uh, no, I'm just going to go with the one in my hand. An oh. IPA in the hand is worth two in the bush. Oh. <laughs> that does not sound, that doesn't sound on. I, I, I realized I had a bit of porter left in my can, but what's, what's that? Great tell. This is Godspeed's Kizuna. Another Vermont really? style IPA, yeah. So this is this wow. is Bim's uh, Vermont IPA. Wow, I would love. I'm jealous. I almost had to get out there. I had a wonderful surprise today. I uh, I was a good boy today. First of all, we should discuss yeah. that. I was a good boy. Yeah. Uh, I got up at a reasonable time, and we had wow. breakfast. And I left the house that I was at the LCBO when it opened at nine, and then I hit Loblaws. And there was no line to get into Loblaws. I was home by 1030. And now we don't have to go booze or food shopping until after Christmas. Because uh, this guy. Sweet. But. Yeah, I, I didn't. I knew I needed some beers. So I, as soon as I got home, because if you're in Toronto with Godspeed, if you order before 11 a.m., it's same day delivery on the beer. Which is. Boring. Really? Yeah, it's fantastic. In fact, at the beginning of, of the of the lockdown, it was 5 p.m. As long as you ordered by 5 p.m., they would chuck it in a car and drive it out to you that day. It was amazing. Wow. Um, so I came home. I ordered. Uh, I ordered. I, I generally just get a case. I'll get a two four, and that's like my weekly beer order from from Godspeed. Um, so got some of the Czech lager like that, got some of the uh, the IPA, the Vermont IPA, and also um, some of the uh, uh, Bim's done a, uh, like a, well, it's the one I accidentally pulled out. Um, this guy, which is like his old style Pilsner that he did. Um, oh, yeah. He, he, he was in the, 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 the literal cave cellars at Pilsner or Cal and drinking Pilsner or Cal out of like the, out of the, the big casks. And so this is based off of Oh, that. that's, a, that's amazing. I know. He's a good storyteller, Bim. And the French oh, accent, oh, a lot, you know. That guy, I miss that guy. What a guy. Um, oh. But so then I made that order, and uh, made it by eleven. No problem. Everything's good. Come okay. in, starting to get some lunch ready, and uh, my wife had stepped out with my son because the one thing I couldn't get at Loblaws was we needed some raclette because we're doing fondue uh, for mm. Christmas dinner. And wow. so she went over to the cheesemonger to get the raclette. And when she came back, she came in and she had a bag from Godspeed, but it had a bow on it. And I thought, well, they do like me. Maybe they put a bow on it. But I also thought that's not enough beer. That's not a two-four. But what it was, 
was our priest as a thank you, because I've been doing so much work with the church services recently, had dropped off a, a 12 that she'd picked up for me at Godspeed. So I ended up with 36 Godspeed beers today. It's a Christmas miracle. Sweet. Yeah, I'm happy as a clam at high tide. Uh, so this is BIM's um, Vermont IPA. It's interesting. You know what's funny? I mean, it's not the same, but it's not dissimilar from the, uh, the Bronan. Really? Wow. Mm. Quite different on the palate, actually. Oh, that's very interesting. There's um, it's got a, it's, it's, um, there's a density to it. There's a, a really nice weight on the, on the palate. Um, you know what it is? I bet you anything. It's, it's oats. I wonder if the can says. Oats? Yeah, that's my guess. Now, Bim plays his cards close to his chest. I'm going to guess that there's some oats in there. You know that it's just very distinctively oaty creaminess. There's a mm -hmm. bit of a weight to this. I could be wrong, but I think it might be that. Um, it's interesting. It's it's bright, but it's more floral, I would say, mm -hmm. than tropical. Mm -hmm. Now, you've got an IPA there. Perfect pour, by the way, with the... Uh, you had that label exactly the way oh, you wanted it. Oh, really? I oh, was dead on. <laughs> yeah. wasn't even trying watch the tape you'll see it is spot on see um it's the college ipa 101 nice now is that uh what what uh what what um interpretation of ipa is that west coast british new england west coast so good lots early hop and then lots of late yeah we do a first first work we we throw some um, some summit in, into the uh, to the kettle early on in collection, yeah. and then uh, like Citra Cascade, um, classic Mosaic Galaxy. You know we we flip a little bit, but you know they're pretty classic West Coast tops like Mosaic. Sometimes a bit of Galaxy. Yeah, pretty simple. I, um jo john our brewmaster he wrote the original which was a little more british apparently surprise, uh, surprise. <laughs> yeah yeah from his influences um and it was awesome but uh kurt who was there before me um he modified the recipe more west coast and you know i just i don't i don't change much maybe the hops if anything yeah is there any but, crystal in it no, it's got uh, well, yeah, C, it's like C10 Hell Hellas, mm. and uh, some wheat, but just like pale, very pretty simple recipe. Yeah, um, it's fun. I, I, I enjoy making them. We dry hop it with the mosaic cascade, etc. Nice. Yeah, pretty. From from your point of view in the brewery, I realize you know you're kind of you're guiding. You know, you're you're forming mm -hmm. a little bit knocking off some rough edges that sort of stuff yeah keeping people from spraying caustic in their eyes but do you get to play around much do you get to experiment yourself do you do you still brew for fun or sorry i know you that, i should have made that question a lot longer <laughs> uh, um we we do, we get to play and it's not so it's a little different now with covid but normally we would have, 
we're getting to the point where we're getting like a, a, a one like a guest brewer a month, and they would, there's a uh, there would be a talk tasting on campus where um, you know it was pretty awesome. I think we're doing we're doing it every two weeks. There was you know like guest speakers brewers would come in and do a tasting, and um, students would be able to bring some of their home brews uh, where they you know at times often developing their target or their project brew beers they're like you know graduating beers um so amazing times a lot of fun we'd have like 40 50 people there we'd have people from the community of what as well and even fac other faculty and um fun and so yeah so we were always like coordinating so when the guest speakers would come they could brew on the um, often the the large scale, the, the really? craft side, the five the five barrel system. Wow. Yeah, so it's fun. So we're yeah we're doing that quite regularly, and it's a little different now. So we're uh, yeah we having guest speakers right now, but uh, um, yeah, we do get to experiment. We work with students like today the students the third term students were in and they were brewing a baltic porter for for their uh, project brew for their end of term wow. so like it was really exciting and a lot of fun and they were having they were having a great time and we were packaging as well and do you guys bring your own food. packaging line you have a canning line or a bottling line or we, we have like a uh we have a cask two head filler it's not counter pressure. It's just like open yes. with a with a single head seamer, and it works fine. It's 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 quite quite a decent setup. And then we just got a new HDP um, bottle filler slash can filler with a separate seamer, and so we've got the bottling online running right now, and we're working on set, getting the canning side set up. That's cool. And yeah, yeah, it's cool. And we, yeah, they were like, so they were like cleaning out uh, small barrels uh, today, which was like pretty exciting. We don't do it all the time. It's a little infrequent. We do, we do cask fairly regularly, um, but in like stainless steel casks, like pins. Yeah. yeah. Where, where does that get served then? Is that licensed? Well, it did. So now things are yeah. probably not going to happen now, but like we were uh, producing it regularly for... Um, silversmith mm -hmm. and so they had a, a small cask like just a, a bench top and um it was a very successful program so like pretty well at, like once a week so we were you know students would get to feature their beer on cask there and it was like exciting for the students great to hear feedback and like amazing like there were like there were a lot of great beers and great experience for everyone and uh awesome that silversmith you know uh wants to give us the opportunity to be there yeah i like silversmith and a lot they're, me cool. too. they're great, great people <clears throat> Matt's a graduate the head brewer and uh yeah i love hey matt if you're still there i think he's gone to bed perhaps but uh yeah it's a late night for a brewer 
where, where are we at? 10 o'clock? Yeah. Seven, I know it's, sometimes it's we get up at, um, there are early, there are a lot of days, like anything. A lot so of are you in the brewery tomorrow? I am. I'm brewing, making a Bach. Oh. Hopefully we're, we're going to have a few students in to do some packaging. And, so are you making the Bach with the students? Normally, we would, but COVID. it's <laughs> well. It's just the class. Class is finished Friday. Oh, yeah, of course, because you finished so marking. We had, we had students in today, but it was like they were volunteering. They were coming in because they wanted to make their one one of their um, class beers. So they're going to make a number of them. So this one, you know, Baltimore Porter takes a while to age, and totally. So um, yeah, they wanted to get this in early. And so we had, we had empty tanks. We had, well, only, we only went into one tank, but yeah, we, we've got some empty tanks and we're ready for like the new term and the new year. And so, yeah, it's good. It's now, I, I, I don't want to keep you too, too much longer. I mean, I'm sure we could sit here all night, but uh, I know you do have to work tomorrow. I don't, but. Uh... I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm good. I, I don't want to make this uh, too much of a sales pitch for Niagara College, but it just kind of naturally has come back to that. So I, I'm curious, and it's interesting because you, you said something a, a little while ago, um, and it just, it, uh, you know, a, a switch flipped in my brain. I went, that makes perfect sense, but it's not something I ever really thought about. But you mentioned, oh, so some of the students will be, you know, homebrewing, working on their their beer project or whatever. And all of a sudden I thought, well, of course they do. But that, like, I never would have thought, you know, if you're, if, if, if you're doing a, you know, a degree in, in writing, you know, you're, you're writing things at home and you're working on that project. And of course it's no different, I suppose, for a, a, a brewing student. It's just, it's a different medium. And so, yeah, they're, they are working on these recipes and tweaking hop additions and playing with different, you know, suppliers of malts and whatever, like, and just yep. kind of dial it right in. Totally. Like constantly researching, trialing, like most have most homebrew, like outside just to test and trial, say new materials or, you know, hops, yeast, whatever. Techniques. And yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, it's pretty awesome. They all different. Like some have, some students have a pretty have pretty basic like carboys and like simple setups, and then some people have like grandfathers, multi thousand dollar systems. But and I, you know, there's room for everyone. Yeah. Wherever you want to start, whatever you can afford, you don't need to spend thousands of dollars on a setup. You can you can go pretty cheap you can look for used equipment and you know yeah start you can start small my but first homebrewing setup the only things i paid money for other than like what i would call like small wares you need a hydrometer you know you need a bench capper or a butterfly cap there's there's some smallware stuff but the the big ticket items uh lackey gave me a, a keg that had a blown out uh, stem on it. So it was yeah. useless. And I angle grind the top off and made a, a, a kettle out of it. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I found like curb picked up three carboys separately, three separate carboys from three separate curbs. Uh, 
the one thing I did pay money for was I made a mash ton. And what I did is I got two Rubbermaid garbage bins mm -hmm. and I stacked them. And then I filled them with spray foam insulation in between. And then right I bored a hole through it with a drill. And, uh, and then that's where I put in, uh, you know, my outflow valve. And I used a, a toilet uh, hookup hose. You know, you pull the hose out and you just use the steel part. That was my bazooka screen. Okay. It was so DIY, it hurt. Um, and then I, I had a propane burner, which I suppose arguably I didn't pay for, but like, I also, I, I appreciate that that wasn't a curb pickup. Like I had a propane burner, um, yeah. but, but that was it. And then, yeah, you know, you, you pick up actually, <laughs> uh, full disclosure. I didn't never had to buy sanitizer. I would always just go to Amsterdam and they would give it to me in jugs. I would just, I'd go in with like a Mason jar and be like, can I have some paracetic acid please? And they'd be like, yeah, all right. He's <laughs> short one. Uh, um, so originally, uh, no, King Street, or not um, La Bathurst Street, and then yeah, East York. Bathurst, and, uh, Bathurst Street, when Jake was here. Okay. I, I, won't, I don't want to go into details, uh, at least not publicly, but I can say with certainty that my homebrewing career was successful solely on the back of Ian Macustra. Uh, <laughs> through advice, through mason jars of parasitic acids, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. Um, but yeah, but this is it. I, I used to tell people, they would say like, oh, I want to get into homebrewing, but I don't know, blah, blah, I'd be like, you can literally make beer in a coffee pot. It's not very good, but you can do it. Mm. And uh, like, it doesn't, like people get so caught up because that's it, you know? As soon as you start researching it, all of a sudden you're on Toronto Brewing and you're pricing it like a Blickman, you know, boiler maker, and uh, you know, you're $10,000 in the hole and you, you haven't even made a drop of beer yet, but it doesn't need to be that way. Um, it's it's a very DIY uh, hobby if if you're interested in it. Yeah, yeah, you can you can MacGyver a lot in in small scale operations, and and if you have to, large <laughs> scale ones. But yeah, uh, yeah, there's many ways to brew good beer. Do you know Cody um, from Amsterdam mm -hmm. once told me? He said the difference between uh, a home brewer and a professional brewer is that everybody, every time they make the beer, something probably goes wrong, but the professional can make sure that it still tastes right at the end of it. Yeah. It's just constantly correcting. Like that's all you're ever doing is you have a plan and then you spend five hours correcting it. And it's yeah. just the ability to correct it reliably to create a beer at the end of it that, that's that's the mark of the professional to be consistent that's what we always <laughs> but yeah because things go sideways in larger scale operations and small scale too so yeah the, the ability to improvise and troubleshoot on the fly is uh, crucial crucial um, attribute i would say it's kind of charming though too when you hear that from somebody who brews on the reg on like a multi hundred thousand dollar crone system and he's like yeah this stuff still goes wrong all the time <laughs> sure yeah 100 percent. it happens there are failures life is has system failures you can have the best tools in the world they don't make it for you <laughs>
Yeah, totally. Yeah. Hey, so um, with the college, what yeah. it's there's obviously a really big practical element working in mm-hmm. physically in the brewery. And I'm sure that's that's brewing, that's doing cellar work, that's doing packaging work, as as you've you've mentioned. Mm-hmm. How much um like theoretical uh is is the the program uh, how much is like kind of in class if you will i would say a large large portion like 80 like there's classes in calculations and <clears throat> chemistry microbiology um packaging equipment like there's a combination so it's like yeah there's like a lot of applied but theoretical um you also learn about industry, like just how to do all the um, uh, engaging with government, you know, yeah, all the different levels, like uh, yeah, exercise and applications for, you know, breweries and all, yeah, all the things that you need to do to deal with the government. But also, like, I think uh, they touch on, you know, uh, licensees and events and history is part of it too. There's brewing history, which is great and important to know. And yeah, so it's, it's pretty um, all encompassing, multifaceted, like, you know, just it's broad and, uh, but some great faculty and I think, yeah, it's a fun place. And I love, I love that. Like, I look out the window from the pilot where the pilot brewery, the uh, fermenters are. It's the greenhouse right next door. Yeah. There's a little patch. There's a, a grass and there's a there's the pine or spruce. And then there's like they grow different things every year. But there's like a sort of it's like a rhombozoid. It's not a rectangle, but um, they grow all kinds of things like just flowers and. Uh, we grew watermelons and pumpkins and um, we're going to grow, I think some hops this year and some, some grasses, some like, you know, grains like barley. Yeah. Amaranth stuff. Like demonstrative squares. And uh, yeah, it's fun. Like, honestly, I love, I love that we're so close to the greenhouse. It, it, it gives me calm just uh, take a break there and I just look at the plants and and the people are great there as well the faculty and the students and it's just a beautiful like honestly and I look I look to look the other side and I'm looking at the escarpment and there's a hop yard we have vineyards on site too we have I was gonna say because I guess Niagara College has a vineyard as well right it's, it's amazing yeah they're gonna tons of like upgrades and changes going on right now like new poly houses we're building a new whole new greenhouse in the spring well they're so, doing a, a licensed growing program now too right yeah there's a cannabis program which it's like a bunker it's heavy duty i know man you're a licensed producer because they wanted yeah. to consult on doing like beverage cannabis which i'm yeah. like i don't really know about cannabis beverages but i know a lot about beverages yeah. dude I had to wear a Tyvek suit, booties, hairnet, mask, and I had to walk yep. through an air jet room to blow anything off of me that I wow. might accidentally take in. But their point is, they're like, we have the same requirements as any other pharmaceutical producer. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, that makes sense. Like the guys at Pfizer making the vaccine, they're not wearing jeans while they're doing it. 
No, no, it's it's high tech. Um, Chris, can I, do you mind? Can you excuse you me, me for like a minute? Yeah, I'll be back. I'll be back in like. Oh man, I can do that. You come on back whenever, George. So, ladies and gentlemen, short little break uh, while George, uh, I think, is walking the dog. We'll go with that. Uh, but this is fantastic. I'm amazed how many people are actually still watching because it's it's been over an hour. And I appreciate that to some extent, this is just two old friends chatting on the internet, um, but evidently there's some value to that, which is fantastic. Um, but yeah, stoked to have you all here. I can tell you this, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw to next week. Um, obviously Christmas coming up the end of this week, so that'll be fun. That's a big deal in this household. Um, whether or not that's a thing you celebrate. Uh, come next Monday, I'll be back. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm game to start to, uh, start up again with the hot sauces uh, because that was such a fun and funny uh, thing I did there. Um, so I've actually got uh, an Indie Alehouse uh, beer, their Line Out Lager, which is made in uh, partnership with the Toronto Arrows. Hey, I've gone a whole hour without mentioning rugby, so you knew it was coming. Um, but that's their Toronto Arrows beer. When I ordered that, they had a deal. And actually what caught my eye, George, welcome back. I'm just filling Thanks. in the, the viewers what's happening next Monday. Um, what caught me was on their Instagram, they were advertising, they, they're now bottling and selling three of their hot sauces, Indie Ale House, George. Uh, Indie Ale cool. And so I bought all three. Uh, so there's the pepperoncini hot sauce, had that on the fish tacos last night. It's wow. muy buen. Oh yeah, really nice. And then two that I haven't yet because I don't know which one I'm gonna taste on the, the app next week. Uh, but they've got their, it's like they call it their nasty sauce, I think. And then um, they have like a Carolina Reaper mustard sauce. Both of those Whoa. sound pretty scary. Uh, so I'm excited to try one of those on the show next week and that'll be hilarious. And I'll be drinking the wine out lager, which will be quite something. Um, so that's what's happening next week. George, you're back. <laughs> I told everybody you took your dog for a walk. So yes, uh, good boy. Walk down. Oh, heel, heel. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, hey, so I was mentioning obviously uh, Christmas at the end of this week. Christmas is uh, on Friday. Uh, yes. If you haven't done your shopping, now's the time. Um, uh, is that right. a thing uh, you celebrate? Is that a big deal uh, for you? The. Uh it's a, I would say it's a big, but it's it's important to have your, it's nice to be around people. It's it's a different it's a different Christmas this year. So we we had an early Christmas because I live in I live in Niagara Falls and family uh, separated but good and like yeah. So Wal Walter and Renix are up there with Hannah and um, so we had an early Christmas last week and. I don't, you know, I don't know with, with what's going on. May not go up for a while. I want to get, hopefully, be able to do some safe distance hiking and yeah, time with them. And uh, but we're we're doing we're we're doing Zoom on, at Christmas down here, and yeah. uh, and everyone's you know being safe. Yeah, and so we need to do. Yeah. Also yeah. today, incidentally, solstice. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's brighter from tomorrow morning onwards. Hundred yeah. percent. I've exactly, and I just heard about this. The uh, the planets coming together. Yeah, although it's cloudy in Toronto, I don't know what it's like in Niagara right now, but it's cloudy. I think it's cloudy. A thing. No, 
So we can imagine planets coming together. I, I saw them last night, and that's saying something in of itself because when you can see planets over Toronto, they're pretty bright. Right. Yeah. We had a really close pass of Mars uh, earlier, late summer, early fall. And mm -hmm. uh, every night, me and the missus go out, we sit out front, and we're facing east. And mm -hmm. uh, the moon and Mars would rise. And it was actually kind of fun just to watch it, track it where it was rising in the sky each night as it moved, you know, further and further south and, and, uh, and west. Um, but yeah, I haven't, I, I've, I just saw last night for the first time that Saturn Jupiter, but they say it's not in, in North America. We won't see it. They call it an occult when the earth mm -hmm. and the star or the planet and the planet are in line. Um, but that is one of the, there's a whole branch of Christianity, which is like trying to intellectually justify the, the non-scientific miracles in the Bible. And, and one of the theories on the Christmas star um, is that it was an occult and, it, and that it, in fact, it might've been uh, Jupiter and Mars, which it wasn't. Mm. They can say pretty clearly historically, Jupiter and Mars were nowhere near each other 2000 years ago. Um, they were about 800 years ago. Uh, and they were like 2,600 years ago, but there's a real notable dark gap around Jesus's life when Jupiter and Mars were not playing ball. Um, but the, there's there's this theory that perhaps the Christmas star was a planetary occult that created a very bright star in the night sky. Um, there's also a problem with that because it sounds like the Magi probably followed it for a prolonged period, if you follow the story. And of course, a star peaks for a night and you might get two or three where it looks like one star but other than that yeah. it's clearly two stars yeah <laughs> it's a problematic intellectualization of a would-be miracle um but uh, i just like to think miracles happen sometimes it's a funner way to live mm -hmm. <laughs> crazy um so what are we on are you on to your next beer? I'm just going to have to. Are you ready? Mind. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm, I might do one more and then I should probably shut it down because I do, I got to let you get to work. And uh, yeah, I've, I've a barley wine, which probably would be a good closer. I want to try. Well, I can stick around at least until you're ready to have the barley wine. I got a fridge full of beer next to me. As right. I said, most of it's Godspeed, but I think I could find a non Godspeed beer here. Let me take a look. Vamp, George, vamp. Yeah, boy. More, this is more God. Is it the lager? Hellas? No, I don't think I can do that. I don't want to. I don't want to have that because I think it's going to be really beautiful and delicate. And I'm all hopped up right now. Yeah. So what, I'm going backwards. Um, this is, is Saikai from Godspeed. Mm -hmm. which is the original Vermont-inspired IPA, but I'm pretty sure this is the one that has blood orange in it. We'll know wow. really quickly when I pour it. It's wow. a different name and obviously a completely different label. So it's, it's got to mm -hmm. be different. So we'll see what happens here. Um, hey, I was going to ask you about, uh, do you guys ever get to do any crossover work with the winery? Sorry, I should be pouring this on camera for everybody. Um, we I haven't fully experienced it as of yet, but we do, we've got uh, Lees, we've got like pressings oh, yeah. from, from them. Some of the um, students, like Project Brew students, I think have, have uh, we've worked with it on the pilot side on the small scale, not, not as of yet 
on the large system. Um, not that I would be adverse to it, um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I, we do some work. I think, you know, going forward, we, we want to do more. I'm, I'm excited that we've, you know, just over the last year have really gotten a lot closer <clears throat> with the horticulture department and, uh, you know, working on, you know, using, you know, pumpkins and and uh what else strawberries as well and yeah and the herbs so we're, we're um yeah there uh, there's an excitement from that department as well and we do i love that we i love that we work together it's it's such a such a good thing Super um, cool. yeah it's yeah. fun it's fun and people are great like just it's a cool it's a fun school there's a lot of like the chefs and, and then we have like a the, there's a campus in Welland that's the main campus mm -hmm. so it's more uh, applied it's right by the Bass Pro was that it's right by the Bass Pro we're, we're by the Bass Pro yeah yeah <laughs> totally there's, there's a park like it's uh, the campus is so beautiful like so just uh, off from the brewery um, there's a barn, which originally that's where the wine, the wine school started. And then they built a whole like wine center, like a winery with like a tasting area, like retail. And it's, it's beautiful. And uh, wineries in the, like the bottom half and then the distilleries just off to the side. But um, yeah, it's um, so originally the barn was, which is now like we used to store cans for packaging for us. Um, but we, um, now we've moved the cans to like these like long, long shed, driving shed. And the barn has turned into a classroom. So we've converted to a classroom, <clears throat> which is in a shop, which is great. But behind that there's, um, there are ponds and gardens that have been um, like our maintained landscape designed by the college and there's uh, settling ponds <clears throat> and there's all kinds of amazing wildlife, snapping turtles and ducks and herons. And yeah, it's pretty amazing. It's pretty incredible. So, and then, so there are the ponds and then right behind the ponds are, is the escarpment. So there are paths <clears throat> that lead up to the top of the escarpment. There are trails and there's an outdoor education school just on the top that's for like, Niagara region. Huh. Like it's such a beautiful hike. It's so beautiful. I just like, I can't believe it. like that's, that's my backdrop. That's my office. I get to look at the escarpment every day. Yeah. Like, it's like, and I, you know, see the seasons change, see the summer, like right now, like, you know, the foliage is down, but seeing it come up in the spring and just, you know, across through the seasons change. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty magical and beautiful and uh, extremely grateful for that. You know, it's funny. That reminds me. Um, <clears throat> one of my oldest friends who uh, I met the literally the day he was born. Um, I'm, I'm about two years older than him. And uh, my mother and his mother, actually, I don't know. Would you have known the Ross family, Gordon and Judy yeah. Ross? Yeah, of course they do. <laughs> Timothy, their youngest son. <laughs> Okay. two years younger than me and oh. uh 
I'm he, actually, he, was Nyad? he was a Nyad, was Nyad for a little yeah. while. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. then they moved to Pickering. But uh, okay. but for I think they moved to Pickering when he was around five or six. So mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. And um, his dad was the minister at Knob Hill United Church, uh, just off Macowan yeah. Road, uh, yeah. uh, between Eglinton and, and Lawrence, kind of in the okay. residential area there in Knob Hill. Yeah. Uh, but uh, anyway, Tim. Tim's a, a camping guide. That's his his shtick. He does a lot of backcountry uh, guiding uh, stuff, but uh, he lives in Canmore, in Alberta. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And a couple of years ago, we we went out that way to visit my sister, and then we drove from Regina to Victoria, and uh, we we visited with Tim uh, en route. And so we we got to Canmore at night. Um, we drove. In the day, we woke up in the morning in Regina, drove to Canmore, because you can do that in a day. It's a long mm -hmm. day, but you can do it. Um, and so we did that. So we got into Canmore at night. I mean, even at night, you're in the mountains, right? Like, it's yeah. pretty magical. And we went to, um, I can't remember the name of the brewery in Canmore. It might be Canmore Brewing, but I can't recall. Yeah. And uh, we met Tim up there, had some beers. We got a hotel room. And so we all went back to the hotel, had some more beers. He went home. And... Uh, and in the morning I woke up and I remember I woke up and uh, it was a bit of a night. So I was kind of waking up and uh, I said, oh my gosh, I can't believe we're here. And, and my wife, Erica, said, have you looked at the window? I said, no. She said, look at that window. The curtains were drawn, you know, because it was the nighttime and we wanted to keep it dark. Or it was daytime, but it had been night. We wanted to keep it dark. So I kind of opened up the windows and, you know, the light and I, uh, and I looked. And it was like a postcard, right? Like, but it was actually there. And I, I blew my mind, you know, like snow topped mountains, pine trees, like just the, the picture of, of, of that part of the Rockies, just mm. right there in the window. Mm -hmm. And uh, so then we were, we were hanging out a bit with Tim Moore that day before we, we continued West. And we were talking, um, he was working at the time at the, uh, the, the Nordic Skiing Center in Canmore, which is where the, in the 88 Olympics, where all the Nordic mm -hmm. skiing took place. And I uh, was doing some teaching there. And we went and visited him there. And so again, you're standing on the foothills of the Rockies, trees and fresh air. And, and he's telling us he wanted us to do a hike uh, on some, it's called Cascade Hill or something. And he was giving us directions and stuff. And I said, Tim, do you get a little desensitized to this? And he said, you know, a lot of people do. He said, I try and be really intentional every morning to stop and remind myself, like, this is beyond reasonably beautiful. Like, oh. it is just crazy where I live. And I was yeah. like, yeah, that's important. That's because I would, I would probably get desensitized to it. I have, I live really close to the lake. Like by really close, I mean about two hundred meters. And really, you guys walk close? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. When we go to the beach in the summer, if if the kids need to go to the bathroom, nice. they just walk home and go to the bathroom and come back. Um, wow, that's awesome. It is, I but. Miss the beach. I take it for granted, you know? And so I always try and do the same. I try and remind myself, you know, when we go out at night and we can hear the waves, I try and be like, like be present in that moment because this is unreal how beautiful this place is. Now look at this. That looks like this? a tap handle church key. That's a... Yes. 
um, I, I would say a good friend or a, a mentor of mine who we talked about earlier, Kurt. Yeah. Kurt Bentley. Curtis Bentley. He made this. He gave this to me for Christmas. And I forget, this is like a rare wood, but he turned this. He's a woodworker and a food scientist, microbiologist, brilliant brewmaster. I love him to death. I miss him. I miss you, Kurt. If you're listening, I miss you, Kurt. Kurt, um, if you're listening, get at me because we could make this a bigger conversation. And he he makes the best jerky. Oh my God. Once in a while, he would bring in jerky on a Friday. Like when we're, we'd be brewing Bronin and uh, we always had fun. Like, you know, sometimes we bring some beers or we just make stuff or get pizza or whatever. It's just fun times and uh, learning a lot. It was always the, so we have class like Monday to Thursday. Um, we changed it up. So I think like usually it was, I think it was first term was no fourth term was on Mondays fourth then third then one and two anyway I, I don't know it was a certain sequence Fridays were an open day so wasn't a class but students could come in if they were into it into it and we'd usually be brewing like generally like for quite a while of my two and a half three and a half years you know, COVID's different, but we were brewing like four to five, but with like last year, the previous year, like five days a week generally. And so it was busy and fun and keen students would come out and uh, like low numbers, which was nice. Like we generally have like 18, 20, 22 students in a class, but on a Friday it would be like, three, four, five students. Hmm. They, and it was like a better ratio. It was more chill. And it tended to be the students that were like from the later later terms, like third and fourth term. Mm-hmm. And, um, but it, it was great. Very hands-on and, you know, just discussing science and brewing and making beer and just having making good beer because often we're doing Bronin and and the techniques that Kurt and Rob have developed through like with as high road, some incredible, like just great, great techniques and uh, approaches and uh, good beer like Bronin. Like I think we managed to make it very quite consistently and it was just a good time. So, How crazy is it that I picked this up at the LCBO? I had no idea. <laughs> really? Yeah. Like, so, I, I knew it. I knew the beer. I'd had it. I was yeah. a fan of it. I had no idea that, I, like, I, it's not surprising that, that, that they, he came through the, the system and that it was, you know, that it's a product of Niagara, I suppose. But just that you have that much intimate knowledge of it, that is, sometimes the universe really... Uh, Sometimes it nudges you, and other times it kicks you real hard. It's it's funny, and I just I didn't know Bronin like I didn't know of Bronin before I started. I think it just started before I started, like three and a half years ago. But that's about what I think. About three and three and a half, yeah. Mm-hmm. About right. And honestly, what a ride! Like I, crazy. When, crazy. I, when I when I first walked in there, like John. 
I was working at Wellington before I started the college. And uh, you know, amazing things were done there while I was there. I was, I'm grateful to have worked with so many amazing people and went through challenges, like changes, like big, serious upgrades, like- Huge. You mean Welly, right? Yeah, like it, so it was um, building a whole new brew house, yeah. but also trying to maintain production at the same time is an insane, ambitious feat, thought, and um, everybody got through it. But it was like it's a it's a it's a crazy experience, and uh, um, working with great engineers, vendors, like they got a Newlands brew house there, like just seeing everything being installed. Yeah. And having like maintaining operations while having like like upwards of 30, maybe 40 trades, people trades on site at the same time and just gutted floors. <clears throat> you know, at times a lot of anxiety because things are being ripped open and we're trying to, everyone wants to be clean and hygienic and safe and, and, and but you know, there were all dust in the air and like, Oh my God, it was stress. It was stressful, but yeah. they got through it. We got through it and uh, learned a lot, learned so much through that experience and, uh, and great people I've worked. I got to work with. Did you overlap at Wellington with Kevin? Kevin. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Kevin was like outgoing, just as I was ingoing. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't sure if you would have actually crossed over or not, because he left for block we, three right around that time, right? Yeah, we 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 brewed, but not uh, we brewed on the pilot, I think. But he was like, yeah, he was just going. To, but he didn't go to block three. He went to uh, first. He went to um, uh, forefathers. He's a poor father, yeah. so like yeah, a little while. Yep, yep totally. Absolutely. I remember mm. actually, I'd forgotten that, but I remember because I thought there was some, I like numbers. And yeah. uh, so to go from forefathers to block three, I thought that seemed sensible. Wow. Yeah. Sorry, I'm, I'm just, uh, I didn't. Yeah, tell me about this barley wine. You've poured oh, it. Oh, man, I'm just getting to know you. I'm talking to the beer. <laughs> Um, you gotta give it a little time, you know. You got you can't yeah, rush. It. Exactly. Sip it. It's just like it's like I'm putting a barley wine in a pipe glass. <laughs> Bad news. That's what that is. This is generally a beer that one would share, <laughs> but I think tonight. I gotta tell you, hands. people say that, but I've never <laughs> found that. I find I can drink one of those a okay. <laughs> yeah. Um. So barley wine is it uh, is it new school? Is it uh, more heavily hopped, or is it very British, boozy, a lot of residual sweetness? I think it's more on the classical side. Yeah, it's, it's lovely. It's very malt. It's malty and little boozy. Um, yeah, not overly bitter. Like quite balanced. Um, when you think about brewing and and recipes and stuff, are you thinking Plato or gravity? That's good. I, um, for most of my time career, I've always worked in Plato. Uh, 
Yeah. At the, at the college, we, we work in, in specific gravity. Really? So yes. I think in gravity, but yeah. I can work in Plato. Like I'm fine in Plato, but I think in gravity. Yeah. I, I always worked in, well, not always, but for a lot, a lot of my time worked in Plato because that's how they do it in Europe. And I was going to say, if you, if you job was in Britain, of course you worked in Plato. Like Yeah, in Upper like Canada. Like every brewery, every brewery I've ever worked at has worked in Plato. But we, I, I get that we, whatever, we work specific gravity, but we can convert. Yeah. I only brought that up. By the way, we're drifting. I'm getting more of your chest and your chin than your face right now. Oh, okay. uh, but uh, there you go. I, I only brought that up because I was wondering, I was going to ask what it finished at because I find like those old British guys, they can be like 1020s. Like they can be pretty sweet when they finish. Like a barley wine? Yeah. Yeah, I would I would think 1020. Which easily. is like, what, that's around five Play-Doh, that's right? Yeah, yeah. I would say I'm so well, glad I got that right. That would have been very embarrassing. <laughs> it's all good. Um, but yeah, it's funny how whatever it is, it's like gravity is a language, like brings a language. We all, all uh, that's what one of the things I love about what we do. It's, it's very cultural and uh, that's, I'm more attracted to the cultural side of brewing and, and people side. And, and that's what makes it such a vibrant community is people that, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of freaks and geeks and yeah. rejects. And that's what I like. I, I'm a reject, whatever. I couldn't fit in and somehow I did. And, and, I get, to, I get to hang out with like some beautiful souls every day. I had, and, you'll appreciate this actually. I, uh, I've done some, uh, I've led some trips through the church with uh, uh, teenagers, young people to mm -hmm. uh, a couple of places, but predominantly to Nicaragua. And the first time we, we took a team down, uh, fascinating, interesting, scary at times, really interesting, cool trip. Um, but in the context of that, as I was leaving, like literally the day we were going to the airport, somebody mentioned to me, oh, like you're, you're interested in beer, right? And I said, yeah, yeah, I like beer. And, and all you drink there is Tonya or um, the other one that I can't remember because I always drink Tonya. It's, it's Central American lager. Um, mm -hmm. But somebody said, oh, did you, did you talk to, to Falk? I said, no, who's Falk? Said, oh, Falk Erdman. Um, he's a German guy. And uh, he lives here. He, he makes beer. You should look him up. And I said, well, I, like, I'm literally leaving in like two hours. So I got back to Toronto, but I looked the guy up. Hmm. There's a fascinating history of German expats in Nicaragua. Now, we don't need to get too particular about the time that a lot of those expats arrived at. Mm -hmm. Let's just say it was late 40s. Um, <laughs> Now, not a coincidence, is it? He's not one of them. He arrived in the two so, thousands from. Yeah, yeah, right. But there is a German. Um, there's German history in Nicaragua. Let's say, um, but uh, but so he's he's a modern German implant. But he started um, a, a craft brewery in Nicaragua. So much so that every subsequent time I've gone, he is one of the people I go and and hang out with. 
and he is generous and kind and open and like the last time that we were there which was in like 2017 i think it's been a while now like i brought a group to a bar and he like did a tasting with the people i brought and like just like just the most open kind the dude like i mean now we're friends you know socially on on instagram or whatever but like he doesn't know me from anybody but like that's exactly what you get this is the whole point of the community is like yeah just come on in sit down have a beer like it's it is the most maybe not the most accepting but one of the most accepting friendly kind of communities to be part of and like yeah literally like anywhere you go it's really easy to just find a brewer and be like oh hey what's going on what are you making what what have you been drinking recently you know yeah yeah exactly i that's cool that's so cool um hey you haven't described that barley wine yet we just talked about that it's sweeter okay i mean I'm, i don't want to put you on the spot here I'll give you a minute to think you made I it, it, let it warm, warm up it was a little, i had it in the car so it was a little, a little cold yeah I, I, like, I like a barley wine warm up yeah you kind of gotta kind of cup it a little you know give it a little uh little hand warmth yeah exactly mm. if i'd done that there would be beer all over my keyboard right now I'm, I'm getting malty. You guys use Maris in that? This is actually from Silversmith. Oh, that's Silversmith. I thought it was yours. No, no. Um, we're, we're brewing, or students were brewing it today for, uh, a, um, for a project brew. Like right. A, right, end of term, like four months from now. But this is Silversmiths you're drinking. This is theirs. That's uh, okay. That brought to me. It's a uh, little uh, wine caramel. Um, let me see. Um, I was like a little sherry note in my uh, sherry, my sherry my note, yeah. a little yeah. oxidized. I don't mind it a little oxidized. Mm -hmm. Yeah, oh, it was very, very nice. Like it's, it's lighter in body, but hmm. it's easier, like a little more finished. Yeah, yeah. Than I would normal, um, and I more not you want one to be sessionable, but it easier drinking. You know, yeah, yeah. it's not as sweet. Yeah, exactly. And and uh, not as much heat, right? You don't get the up. Totally. The yeah, it's not burning. So I, I um, yeah, like a little burnt caramel toffee. Yeah. Classic. Classic. Mm. Mm. What a banger. Very nice. Is that this um, year's then? They've just produced that or? They just produced this. Yeah. Matt brought it up this afternoon and, uh, yeah, I just, um, one thing I wanted to bring up. <laughs> go ahead, man. Can. Yeah, you, you, just, um, it's yours. Go. Um, just the community that we have. Uh, that, that's I, more than the beer. I'm in it for the people, to be honest. It's yeah, the man. people. The, the uh, uh, incredible people that that i get to work like work with our friends and and uh that that's how i've survived and also and 
thrived or whatever, but uh, you know, the, the ability or just the want to help each other out. And that's what I love. And that's why I've stayed in this industry for so long. Yeah. And there are countless stories of brewers helping out brewers and helping out the community around them in so many ways, like the street, the arts, whatever, you know, just, so that's always has drawn me towards our, our community and um, yeah. yeah, just, and just like a lot of artists yeah. and, oh, and, uh, big time. You know, and so, you know, just lo- loving it, loving it so much. And, Do you know the, the story that actually kind of, I wouldn't say sold me quite, but it would have been 2004. Four. I'm gonna guess 2004, but my memory. I've had a lot of concussions, George. A lot of concussions. Um, but I was. Um, I got asked. I, I used to work at a summer camp in Muskoka called Muskoka Woods. It's uh, mm-hmm. it's a Christian summer camp in in Rosso, Ontario, on Lake Rosso. And mm-hmm. uh, I'd worked there. I have a ton of friends still from there. My very best friend in the world. My son's named after him. Still works there. Um, but uh, this was years and years ago. They wanted to introduce a culinary program. And I don't actually even know if you know this necessarily, but uh, I'm, a, I'm a classically trained French chef. I did my 5,000-hour apprenticeship at Le Select Bistro. I never got my yeah. seal, though, so I'm not official. <laughs> but uh, they wanted to do a culinary program. And because some of the people involved with it knew me, they said, oh, Chris would be a good fit to help get it off the ground. There was going to be instructors, but they just kind of wanted – basically a grown up in the room, which is hilarious because this was 20 years ago almost. And I still don't think I'm a grown up, but anyway. Um, so I went up for three weeks to do it. Um, and I had some stipulations, like I didn't want to live with like teenagers. So I made them give me my own place and stuff. Um, and I needed an internet connection because I was doing web development at the time and I needed to work at night. And, uh, but the flip to that was I also had a lot of time when I was sitting around bored doing nothing and I stumbled across uh, Steve Beauchene's blog from when he was starting Bose. Really? Yeah. And so I was reading it. And one of the things that came out of it was I came across the story about how when they were really at the very beginning trying to get started, they wanted to have their, their first brew available for Canada Day. And they'd bought like a secondhand German brew house it was like a 10 heck brew house from a brewery in germany and it had been shipped but it got stuck in customs and they couldn't get it out and they were waiting and waiting and like as you know if you want to have a packaged product ready on july the first and that packaged product is a kolsch you've got to be brewing that in like april and Mm -hmm. like the, the days were getting closer and closer and closer and they weren't going to make it. And, uh, and uh, John uh, from church key yeah. reached out and said, Hey, I only brew three days a week right now. Like if you can bring in fermenters, if you have your own fermenters, chuck them on a truck, drop them in the brewery. You can brew on my brew house four days a week if you want. Yeah. And that's where all of Bose's first beers were made. Was that and, church key? 
I, I know. John's a good friend of mine. And do you know who is the first consulting brewer? At Bose? Yes. Was it you? No. Was it John? Well, friend of mine. Well, I've, they, came to, they came to Palooza that year before they opened, which just blew my mind. But um, Charles McLean. Oh, of course it was. Charles McLean's launched a, probably half of the breweries in the province. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like incredibly influential. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing person, brewer, I, you know, my, my mentor, friend. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like he, he's touched so many breweries. Oh yeah. He, and he, he helps like, Uh-oh, might have lost George there. He might have walked into a Wi-Fi hole. Uh, George, of course, talking about Charles McLean of McLean Brewing, F&M. He's the M in F&M, I'm pretty sure. Uh, classic English-style brewer and a fantastic, fantastic, fantastic person, fantastic brewer, and a, a real... Uh, a real, I mean, asset to the uh, the brewing industry. I'm just noticing right now on YouTube, Zoom has cut to just me. I'm gonna guess that the battery in George's phone just died. Uh, mine's plugged in, but George was definitely walking around his apartment. So what you know, we're gonna do? We're gonna wrap it up. It's been almost two hours. What a coup! Uh, hey guys, that was my Christmas present to you. Hanging out with George. Honestly, I can't believe it's 10.50. Um, we jumped on the call at almost exactly 8.50, so basically two hours ago. Um, and uh, George is just one of the most delightful people I know. Uh, as discussed, if you've been watching this whole time, uh, and there are still a few of you, amazingly. I don't know if it's the same few, but there's still a few people. Um, yeah, known me since I was a baby, rocked me to sleep, took me to the library. What a guy. Hmm. Um, anyway, I'm going to wrap it up because he's gone and I'm pretty sure he has no way of getting in contact with me because his phone's dead. So uh, we will shut her down for the night. As mentioned, next Monday, going to drink some Indie Hellhouse Line Out Lager. That is in partnership with the Toronto Arrows rugby club because there hasn't been enough. I love George, but there's not been enough rugby talk tonight. Um, thank you to George. Thank you to George for doing this because uh, you might not have known this, but George is actually really shy uh, and uh, he's super friendly and personable. Hey, I think he just came back. He's connecting. Oh, he must have plugged his phone in. And there he is. It's going to take him a second because his audio still has to connect, but he's back. Hey, George, did your phone die and you had to plug it in? Yeah, sorry, man. Dude, but you know what's amazing is you just cut me off. I was going to say some really kind things about you, and I'm still going to do it, and I'm going to embarrass you. I was wrapping it up because I figured at this point it's almost 11. We should probably head to bed. Yeah. But it's amazing you made it back. Yep. So <laughs> Thanks. I would, hey, how about this? I'm going to give you a couple of minutes because uh, say anything you want. People might want to know, how do you get involved in Niagara Brewing? Is there an application? Like, talk about that if you want. It's anything you want. Uh, Yours. On, on Hot Ones, they say they've rolled out the red carpet for you. Take it away. What, what do you want to say? I, I know. It's... Brewing is a calling. It's a fun, you know. It, it, 
it's a, not a nine to five job. It never will be. And it shouldn't be. Don't punch in, don't punch out because find it, there are other places for that. And brewing is not that it's being in tune with your environs, your space and having fun. Like the, honestly, the community, the obsessive, I love, like, I'm all over, like, look at my place. It's not the cleanest place. It's kind of crazy, but whatever. But right there's cars <laughs> and books. There's, I don't know what. You know, this is, that's a DIY stir plate. That's so cool. That's so cool. I, um, yeah, so, I don't know. It's a, it's a wonderful community. There are a lot of artists, scientists, but people, I don't know. I love it. I love it. And people come from for for different reasons into the into this world, our little brewing world. But um I don't know, brings a language. And it's many it's many things. But it's a it's a vehicle for us to share experiences and I don't know. That's cool. I, I love the little world it breweries and and uh, so, you know, there's science, there's art, there's agriculture, and um, poetry, and nihilists. All of it. Yeah, man. <laughs> you know, it's just, yeah. it's just uh, the characters you meet along the way. That's what makes. That's what. That's what captifies. That. That's what blows my mind. And um, yeah, I, I haven't been all over the world. I've been a lot. I've been a lot of breweries, and just the people, and not just brewers, like people, front, back, packaging, quality control, whatever. All like incredible people, and like so many few assholes. Like so many few. Like you know. In, in my life, like, I would say maybe one or two handfuls. Yeah. Like, 10 people that I might think of as an asshole, and I've met thousands, like, thousands and thousands of people from the industry that I just are incredible. And, uh, yeah, so it's fun. It's hard work. And keep your ego at the door. That's <laughs> say, like, yeah. just... Be humble, and you know sometimes people come into the program. And they go, they think they're going to be in a desk job, but not everyone. And and if you realize that you really got to you got to crawl before you can walk, and that's in in anywhere part of your life or ask whatever you know just you got to start and just be. Try try be humble every step of the way, and just listen and share, but also share and complain and be boisterous and you know defy. <laughs> we have to do all those things. Yeah, man. You know, be I fucking punk rock. <laughs> yeah, big time. I love so, it. One of the things that I think, you know, I keep hearing. 
this time of year we put on chfi because they play christmas music all the time and that yeah. drives a lot of people absolutely crazy but for me that really helps kind of like get me ready for for christmas time yeah. and i don't even know who it is like this is how ineffective marketing is uh at least to a certain age demographic and i'd be part of it i don't know what they're advertising but there's some ad and they 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 float out that old trope about like find something you love and you'll never work a day in your life and what i find funny about that is like i think about the things that i love and i've never worked in in professional brewing i've shown up at brew days and you know hey waved hands mm. and shaken and drank some beers yeah. and stuff. But I know enough brewers. I, I know I know what a brew day looks like, and I know what working in a brewery looks like enough to know that that's kind of bullshit. It, work is work, and it's hard, and it can be it can be mind-numbingly hard sometimes. But what what's important is find something that you care enough about doing that that's manageable, and ideally something where the people involved in it make it worthwhile and i think that's the thing that i think uh, I, I, this whole scene is about is the people make it worthwhile you know it worthwhile. <laughs> yeah yeah like we all like doesn't matter whatever we do we all have we can have shitty days but we and hard days but it's like when we're with friends and good co-workers and just people that can like take us off on a tangent in a positive way and just you know, just yeah, like yeah, get us through the days, make us laugh, sing a song, make a joke, yep, and whatever, whatever, man. Yeah, man. Well, here I'm gonna wrap her up. Thank you. I I already started saying this, but thank you not just for doing this. And I mentioned you're you're an inherently you're a bit of a shyer guy, and I think people mis misunderstand you sometimes because you're very capable and you're very sociable. But at the same time, I know you're a bit like me. I actually prefer, I prefer the company of one or two, not the company of many. Um, and, and so I appreciate because doing this is, uh, it's not an easy ask. I get that. Um, and so I appreciate you in this moment, but I also appreciate you in general. Um, I mentioned to a few people, uh, I didn't want to spill the beans too much, but I mentioned to a few people, oh yeah, uh, on, on Monday, uh, I'm going to get George on the podcast and we're going to talk forever. E and uh, without fail, every person I told that to was like, oh my God, oh, George. And like immediately was like this time and we did this thing, like everybody who knows you has a story of love is what it comes down to. Uh, because dude, I, like, I don't think you're unique in your ability to show love, but you are remarkable in it. And so thank you, because I think more people need to be more open with their love the way you are. And so uh, from myself and from many people I know who would, would second this, uh, your capacity to show love and, and openness is second to none. And, and that is why I made you the Christmas present, because I think the real Christmas present is love, and that's you. So I know it's technically Jesus if you're a Christian, but for the sake of the podcast, it's not. It's George. <laughs> Chris, love you, man. Buddy, I love you so much. Don't hang up. I'm going to end this for everybody else, and then we'll spend a minute or two, and then I really got to go to the bathroom. But we got to catch up for a second. So I'm going to yeah. shut it down. Check in next yeah. week after 9 p.m. I'm going to be drinking line out lager from Indy Elhouse and, and eating hot sauce, and hilarity will ensue. I assure you. Love, love, love to Ian and, and Jamie and 
and, and Mike Lackey and all the Brewers. Uh, loved all. We love them all. And, and Bim and Bim and Mark and whatever. Mandy. And Jeff. Mark Mandy. Oh, and, my friends uh, that I miss totally. so much. Love, loved all. Okay. <laughs> okay, that one and that one. Okay, cool. We're off. We're off air. <laughs>